Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Zero to 60 in three seconds. That's how fast the high-end exotic cars can accelerate. But it's also how fast life seems to come at us sometimes. It was true for Joseph. Life seemed to come at him as fast as a car can accelerate from zero to 60. He went from thinking that he had an ordinary, earthly kind of problem on his hands to learning that the Savior of the nations was going to be born right in the middle of his little family. He was about to witness heaven meet earth. So let's listen to this story and go on that ride along with Joseph. We read from Matthew, the first chapter. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save the people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Joseph and Mary were just an ordinary couple. Joseph was a carpenter. Mary was pledged to be his wife. So as a Jewish couple, they were essentially married, but they hadn't yet joined together under one house to enjoy together all of the blessings of marriage. And so now, put yourself into Joseph's shoes when you find out that Mary is pregnant. <clears throat> Joseph's thinking, I haven't been with her. And I only know one way that this could happen. There's only one explanation as to how Mary could have gotten pregnant. She was obviously sleeping around. So now I have this problem on my hands. What do I do? I can't possibly take Mary home to be my wife. I can't still carry through with my plan, can I? But on the other hand, do I want to divorce her publicly, bringing the shame down on a woman that is rightfully deserved for a woman who, who got pregnant out of wedlock. What was Joseph to do? He had a difficult problem on his hands, and it weighed heavily on his mind. Even though both options were viable options, Joseph didn't want to bring 
that public disgrace and shame upon this woman that he had planned to bring into his own home. And so he decided that he was going to divorce her quietly, taking care of the problem, but also taking care of the reputation of this woman that he had once planned to have as his wife. And we see that it's a a difficult decision for Joseph because he didn't make it as a snap decision. It wasn't something that just happened quickly and he did it and carried it out. There was a little bit of time, enough time that he was considering it, but also was time before he acted that the angel came to him. And so now this isn't a difficult situation for us to think of. It's not difficult to imagine a couple that's engaged, and everything's going well, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a pregnancy. And what is the man to think? He knows that he has not been with the woman, and yet she's pregnant. And now he's got a situation on his hands. It's all too ordinary for us on this earth. It's an ordinary couple with what seems to be an ordinary problem. But of course, Joseph was about to find out that it wasn't such an ordinary problem. In fact, it was going to be something extraordinary. It was going to be the birth of the Messiah, the one who had been promised from long, long ago. It was going to happen right in his midst. It was going to happen right in the middle of this ordinary little couple. So while Joseph was still considering how he was going to divorce Mary, maybe when he was going to go through with his plan to divorce Mary, we hear that an angel came to him in a dream. Now wait a minute. Hold on for a second. An angel? Whoa, this just went from ordinary to extraordinary, right? You've got two people, they've got this problem, ordinary, angel, extraordinary. How many problems do you know, how many relationship problems do you know that end up getting resolved because an angel shows up? Probably none outside of maybe a few Bible stories. And yet that's what happens. The angel comes to Joseph and tells him that what he has on his hands is no ordinary problem. It's an extraordinary blessing. The baby that is going to be born of Mary is the Son of God. The baby that is born of Mary is conceived of the Holy Spirit. The angel tells Joseph not to be afraid to take Mary home because he doesn't need to worry that she's been unfaithful to him. He doesn't need to worry that bringing her home is going to cause more problems. He can safely and assuredly bring her into his home because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. What is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. That means that the Savior of the world was not going to be born in the same, with the same uh, conditions that normal children are born with. 
He's not going to be born with the stain of sin that all children born of two sinful parents enters this world with. The Savior was conceived by the Holy Spirit in this virgin woman because that way he could be born without the original sin that comes from two parents. And yet he was going to be born as a true man. So true God and true man, born of a woman, just as it was foretold, and entering this world without sin. Extraordinary. And it was the only way that it could be. It could only happen in this extraordinary way because we needed a Savior who was free of sin. We needed a Savior who could take our place as a perfect and holy sacrifice. We needed a Savior who was perfect and sinless to take the sins of us who are not perfect upon himself and sacrifice himself upon the cross, wiping those sins away. What was conceived in Mary was of the Holy Spirit because it needed to be that way. Let there no be, be no doubt about who this child was. He was the Savior, and that's why we hear that the angel also tells Joseph something more. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people. So first Joseph learns that what is conceived in Mary has been conceived in this miraculous way. It's from the Holy Spirit. And now he learns that this is going to be the Messiah that has been promised for so long and you're going to give him the special name Jesus because he is going to save his people from their sins. That's extraordinary too. It's extraordinary that this child is the one that has been waited for for so long. He's the one that's born of the virgin, not one that was born of ordinary parents in the ordinary way, but was born miraculously in an extraordinary way. This was the one who was designated to save his people, and that's why he was given the name Jesus. Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because you're going to be serving the Savior. By taking this child and mother into your own home, you're going to be serving your Savior by providing for him a house, a home, and all the other comforts that a father provides for his household. Joseph, something amazing is happening in your presence. And this is how you get to be part of it. So Joseph hears from the angel these extraordinary words, extraordinary words about this ancient, ancient prophecy. And Matthew tells us, after we hear what the angel says, that this was all fulfilled prophecy. This was done, this happened in this exact way 
that the virgin would conceive and give birth to a son and they would call him Jesus all because this is the way God said it was going to happen. God would come to be with us. Emmanuel, which means God with us. It's not just the miracle of the conception from the Holy Spirit. It's not just the miracle of the virgin birth. It's the whole thing that is extraordinary and amazing. It's the fact that God promised long, long ago that this child would come and it would happen in this exact way just as he laid it out because that's the only way that this Savior would be a sufficient sacrifice for our sins, the only way that Jesus would be able to take our sins away. And here it is happening. Right in the midst of Joseph and Mary's lives. This is the way it's happening. Right before our very eyes. There's a number of events in history that are monumental. They're the big events that no one wants to miss if they're alive at that time. Maybe think of the moon landing. Or if you're into sports, the Olympic Games or the Super Bowl. They're huge events. They're can't-miss events. Everyone gathers around them and connects over these big events in history. But none of them are anywhere near as big as the birth of Christ. Forget about the event of the decade or the event of the century or even the millennium. The birth of Christ is the event of history. It's the biggest thing that has ever happened in the world and that ever is going to happen until the end of the world comes. People have been talking about the birth of Christ since the time of Adam and Eve, and they haven't stopped talking about it until today. That's how big it is. It has that kind of staying power because it's not just a big event, it's a meaningful event. The birth of a child is very meaningful for mother and father and for grandparents and the rest of the family and, and even friends and close associates. But the meaningfulness of the birth of a child only extends so far. But the meaningfulness of the birth of the Christ child has an unlimited extent. It extends to each and every one of us to each and every person of all time. Because this child was the Savior. The one who would save his people from what? Who would save his people from their sins. Only this child, born of a virgin, conceived by the Holy Spirit, born at exactly the time when God wanted him to be born in the exact circumstances that God promised he would be born. Only this child is our Savior. And Joseph and Mary were blessed to have this happen in their midst, and we are blessed to hear 
the words from the gospel writer that tell us so wonderfully and clearly and beautifully just how it happened so that we can be sure that our sins are forgiven because we have a Savior who was able to take away our sins. The birth of Jesus is amazing and meaningful for each and every one of us because it's God fulfilling his promise, his promise of grace, that even though we were sinful and hostile to him, he would send a Savior to us at exactly the right time to do the exact right thing. So that Paul can write, when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might have full rights as sons, that we may be full children of God. God met Joseph right where he was in his place with his grace. God brought his grace to Joseph as he was dealing with this ordinary situation of of a relationship with a woman. And he brought him his grace by telling him through the angel that what he had was not a problem, but a wonderful blessing. And he brought him grace by telling him that it was his very Savior that was going to be born. And then, with this gospel message in mind, God told Joseph how he could serve him, how Joseph could serve God. And it wasn't by being anything extraordinary. It was by fulfilling his role as a father. It was by taking Mary and the child into his house, just as he had planned before this problem arose, to take them into his house, give them protection, provide for them, be the head of the household for them. This is how God asked Joseph to serve him. And it's a comfort for us, not only because we get to see the joyous uh, occasion of our Savior's birth and how God carried this out, but because we get to see how God uses his people in their situations to be the bearers of his grace. It doesn't take an extraordinary person or an extraordinary situation to bring God's extraordinary grace. It just takes an ordinary person because God takes care of the extraordinary part. So serve God wherever it is that you are in life, in whatever role he has placed you into. Do you have a family member who's fallen away from the church? Do you have coworkers that you know don't have anywhere to go on a Sunday morning? This is your opportunity to serve your Lord where you're at. Have you ever been in a conversation with someone who's told you about all of their problems and there seems to be no solution? Well, you can share with them the sure solution that you know. It doesn't take anything extraordinary because you have what is extraordinary right here in God's word. 
This time of the year is the perfect time because we focus on the birth of the Savior. We focus on the coming of Christ and we can tell people that message of how the Savior was born and we can take those people along on that ride from zero to 60 along with Joseph as he finds out that the Savior of the nations came to be with us on earth, that God came to be with us on earth for the sole purpose of saving us from our sins. That's extraordinary. Amen.